And a one, and a two, and a three, and a four. As usual, I'm starting this uh, podcast just a little bit early so that I can check my microphone, which appears to be working. But either I have no callers or it won't let me see them. Anyway, hi, I'm Tom Knapp, also known as Napster. This is Napster. Thanks for asking. It's a monthly Ask Me Anything show based on a thread at my blog at Napster. That's K-N-A-P-P-S-T-E-R dot blogspot dot com. It is Friday, November 4th, and we're off and running with the November AMA. I do not know why it will not. There's a, a switch for callers that's off. And I don't know if that means I can't have any callers or what. Anyway, I also see no listeners here, so I'm just going to go ahead and get started with the month's questions from the blog and see if anybody shows up while I'm doing this. Thane Eichenauer asks, Have you read the first chapter of The Parasitic Mind by God Saad? I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. G-A-D. S-A-A-D, available at no charge uh, on Kindle. Thanks for asking, Thane. And I'm scrolling through my blog here because I have a large print. Um, No, I haven't read it. Uh, As I answered on the blog, I just went ahead and had it sent to my Kindle library the other day and was hoping I would read it by today. However, it has not shown up in my Kindle library as shown on my Echo Show, which I also bought based on the recommendation of Thane. But I do like the Echo Show. I'm considering going back to an Echo Dot because there are some features I don't like and the screen, you know, sometimes keeps me awake at night or whatever. But anyway, I will eventually read that. Thank you for recommending it, Thane. Thane also asks, Unless a state has ranked choice voting, I can't conceive of a way to prevent a Mark Victor Cuckoo result from being repeated ad infinitum. Can you? When I ran in 2010, a candidate not named Doug Ducey asked me to withdraw from the state treasurer's race and endorse him. Thankfully, he was the worst candidate in a four-way race. Well, here's the thing, Thane, and thank you for asking. Um, I don't think ranked choice voting would completely prevent this kind of thing, and I'm going to describe it in a minute. Uh, but an everyone's second choice candidate in a ranked choice voting scenario could endorse one of the other candidates who are contention for first choice votes, and it could affect the outcome, and the endorser might lose some first choice votes that they were otherwise going to get. So here's what happened in Arizona for those of you who don't follow Libertarian Party news. Mark Victor was the – what is the Libertarian Party's candidate for U.S. Senate in Arizona – um, I've seen him poll as high as 15%, and in other cases, 6 or 8%. Republican Blake Masters was frankly getting his ass whipped by Democrat incumbent Mark Kelly. Mark Victor dropped out of the race the other day and endorsed Masters. Now, there are reasons why he might have done that, and, and Thane uses the term cuckoo, which seems to imply that that this was Victor's plan from the start, that he was an imposter in the libertarian nest. 
And I don't have any reason to believe that true. that's true. His change of mind may have been honest and genuine. Or someone may have found something privately to pressure him with. But no matter what the reason, it's just wrong. When a candidate runs for office, that candidate isn't just representing himself, nor is he depending only on his own efforts. Other people gave him money. Other people signed petitions to put him on the ballot. Other people set up campaign events for him or attended them. Other people want to vote for him. It's a commitment to be a candidate. It is a position of trust. Mark Victor betrayed that trust, and no matter what his reasons, that's a bad thing. Now, do I think that Mark Victor's withdrawal will truly affect the outcome of the race? I tend to doubt it. Early voting started in Arizona on October 12th. And he dropped out Halloween or or right around there, maybe a day or two earlier. So there had been a couple of weeks of early voting. I suspect that most people who will consider voting third party are motivated voters. So there was probably a heavier percentage of early voting than day of voting that went for Victor. Uh, So hopefully his impact will not be greatly reduced because when people complain – that libertarian candidates spoil elections for major party candidates, and they usually say Republicans, even though that is not necessarily the heaviest spoiler factor. There are two possible responses. Is One, no, we don't spoil anything. Votes belong to candidates, not to parties. The Republican is not automatically, magically entitled to your vote. Neither is the Democrat. It's your vote. So there's no spoiling here. If you vote for the Libertarian, it's not like you were supposed to vote for the Republican or Democrat. It's your vote. Now, the other possible Libertarian response to the spoiler complaint is you're goddamn right we spoil your elections. We pick up one or three or five or ten percent of the vote. You lose. The next person who runs for that office from your party will probably feel some pressure to please libertarian-leaning voters. So that can have some good results. Um, But the main thing in Arizona, from my point of view, is the trust thing. I don't know Mark Victor. Um, I've heard good things about him in the past. Uh, He sued to end COVID-19-related mandates in Hawaii. Um, He's done good work. But Mr. Victor, people trusted you. You wanted to be the Libertarian candidate for U.S. Senate in Arizona. People helped you become the Libertarian candidate for U.S. Senate in Arizona. Your obligation after asking for that and getting that was to follow through on that. And you did not. Shame on you, sir. Joel Schlossberg says... Have a big belated boo. He was looking for an early November AMA, and I will address that in a moment. Um, What he wants to know, uh, you've made it clear that you don't share the fears of many political pundits on upcoming possible outcomes and issues ranging from Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter and this month's midterm elections. 
which are both touched on in Joel's recent Garrison Center columns and even nuclear war. Are there any overlooked current events which you do find frightening? Thanks for asking, Joel. But first, let me address the timing issue. Um, We are, in fact, on a strictly monthly schedule now here. The first Friday of every month is the AMA podcast. The Monday before that first Friday, even if it's in a prior month, is when the blog thread goes up. So this blog thread went up on Halloween. Today's the first Friday of the month, and here we are. Um, now, Joel seems to hint I came off as not especially frightened of nuclear war. Um, I am frightened of nuclear war, people. I really am. But for the first 25 years or so of my life, that was nothing novel. I was born in the middle of the Cold War, spent the first 25 years of my life under the shadow of you know, possibly the ICBMs flying and the world ending. So the current situation with nuclear saber rattling by the U.S. and Russia, while I don't like it, it uh, isn't unusual for me. Now, most Americans are too young to remember those days, so I can see why they would find it frightening, at least in a different way, if not more so than I do. Now, as far as other things that I'm afraid of, one other thing I'm afraid of, and it may be because I've been rereading my Russian Revolution history lately, um, current trends toward viewpoint suppression on the part of both parties, current uh, dust-ups over whether elections were valid or stolen, so on and so forth. The Soviet Thermidor was when Stalin and his allies, I believe it was Bukharin and Kamenev, you know, openly moved to drive the left, quote, left opposition, unquote, out of the Communist Party and, and out of the Soviet Union and to execute some of them, to arrest a bunch of them, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm afraid it will get to that point here. It's going to get to that point here eventually. But part of me would prefer that that happen after I'm dead or at least too old to get caught up in what's likely to be very widespread violence. In the past, I predicted that the United States as we know it will no longer exist by 2050. Okay, well, I would be 84 years old then, so probably I will be an old man gumming my tapioca pudding in the nursing home and not have to worry about that. But if I'm wrong and it's earlier, I might be young enough that, you know, I'm caught up in real violence, which I've been to war. Um, I know how to use a gun. I don't would not I would never take the side of either of these major parties if one of them is trying to violently suppress the other. But if it get when it gets to that point, there'll be a lot of violence going all around and it's not the kind of thing I want to live through. So those are the uh, questions from the blog for this month. And I really don't have anything else to rant about. If I had wanted to rant about something unprompted, it would have been the Senate race in Arizona. I have, by the way, issued my final predictions for U.S. Senate. I did that several weeks ago. Um, I think that John Fetterman will win in Pennsylvania. 
Ron Johnson will win in Wisconsin. I think that Georgia will go to a runoff. I believe that um, Mark Kelly will win in Arizona and Catherine Cortez Masto in Nevada. But I could be wrong. The five races I just named, I only have the Republicans winning one of them. They need to win three to get a Senate majority. And I'm not especially worried about who has the Senate majority. I'll explain why. Gridlock is the best we can hope for with these two parties. The Democrats have the White House, so I would prefer that the Republicans have at least one House of Congress. And they're probably going to take the House. Whether they take the Senate or not, they will certainly have more than 40 seats in the Senate, which makes it possible for them to prevent cloture, which is misnamed the filibuster. So as long as control of the executive and legislative branches of government is split, I'm about as happy as I'm reasonably likely to be with either of these two parties being in control of anything, or for that matter, with the state itself being in control of anything. It's not a rosy picture, however you look at it, but if you can get a little bit of gridlock, maybe you can stop some of the worst stuff. That's really all I have to talk about this uh, month, folks. Um, I've answered your questions. I see nothing about callers on the callin.com screen, which means that anybody hearing this will be hearing it after the fact. So I'm just going to pitch some of my stuff at you real quick. My blog is at Napster, K-N-A-P-P-S-T-E-R dot blogspot dot com. There are support options in the sidebar if you'd like to send me money or buy me something from Amazon. I write at the William Lloyd Garrison Center for Libertarian Advocacy Journalism, along with Joel Schlossberg, who had a question in today's AMA. That site is at thegarrisoncenter.org. I am also the publisher of the Freedom Movement's daily newspaper, Rational Review News Digest. It dates back to 1991. It's been in its current form for 20 years as of this December. That's at news.rationalreview.com. We are currently running our annual fundraiser. We run one a year at the end of the year with a modest goal. If you like the newsletter, I hope you'll financially support it. We're within $1,000 of our goal for the year. And if you haven't heard of the newsletter, once again, go to news.rationalreview.com and subscribe. I think you'll like it if you're a libertarian, which if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are. So that's all I have for the month, folks. Thank you for tuning in and listening if you do. If not, well, I guess uh, fuck yourself. I don't know. It's You're not listening, so what can I say to you that will matter? Other than this, have a great weekend.